It is Tuesday the 15th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And of course, one of my favourite things to do is just to sit back, relax and listen to Lunch <laughs> with Lee as you get involved in people's lives, find out a little bit more and, and enjoy some lunch. There's another one out at the moment. Yeah, one comes out today. Um, two entrepreneurs, a guy called Oscar McMahon, who is the founder of Young Henry's Craft mm. Beer, one of Australia's... Um, oh, I love their pale Yeah, favourite craft beers. And a guy called Saurabh Thaper, who's um, uh, an entrepreneur, set up an IT sort of recruitment business. Um, yeah, doing some really interesting stuff in that space. But yeah, interesting guys, particularly Oscar, who started his career as a bit of a skateboarder then he was a lead singer of a band for 12 years and then uh, launched his own brewery. And if my son took that path in life, I'd tell him to pull his head in. <laughs> They're inspirational, some of these people. They really are. Yep. Absolutely unbelievable. And the English party continues. It's hard to watch. It's hard to listen to on WhatsApp with all my mates. Cristiano Ronaldo, unhappy with Manchester United. And Daniel Ricciardo, boy, oh boy, things are going from bad to worse. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. So, Shana, look... You can get good or bad real quick in the modified version of the game, it seems. And Mm. Australia, at a point, was full of talent, full of people waiting in the wings. We look like we've got an empty cupboard at the moment. And England are just going from strength to strength. Now, they are the, well, the unchallenged white ball champions of the world. And Sam Curran is sitting on the throne. He is, mate. Well, firstly, uh, they, they announced the the all-star team from the World Cup. There were mm. no Australians in it. So there you go. And on home turf, that's a real uh, consideration for the selectors moving forward. But Sam Curran, yeah, very unassuming, mate. He's only five foot nine. Um, mm. In terms of bowlers, that's quite short. Uh, he's only bowls 130 kilometres an hour. In terms of bowlers, that's not very fast. And he doesn't swing the ball a hell of a lot, but he does have exceptional control. And it just goes to show if you really own the basics um, and own that skill set, you can perform well at any level. And um, he reminds you a bit of Adam Dale, who played a lot for Queensland um, and Australia. Um, got him really close to the stumps. Adam Dale bowled right-handed, but um, yeah, he wasn't very tall either. But uh, yeah, very, very good player and well-deserved to see him win player of the tournament. It, uh, you mentioned Adam Dale's name and Adam comes on as a regular with uh, our weekend edition news show on, on Sky News and uh, he is one of the best blokes too. And what about that catch he took? <laughs> yes. Phil Emery. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> he is a decent guy, Adam Dale. He's a top guy. I toured with him in the 99 World Cup and um, I must say, when he bowled to me in Queensland, I hardly got a run. He was very, very hard to face. Now, World Cup soccer, it's come with its drama. I think we, I, I, 
I'm only laughing because I, I just can't believe it. And, and, and some of the subjects that we're, we're sort of the, are raising their head throughout the course of this World Cup are very, very serious. But the, the, the element of, uh, of comedy is the fact of how it ever got to this point. How did it get to this point? Uh, it should never have gone to where it's gone to the World Cup in my eyes. Yeah, potentially, uh, Tim, and they're saying that when it, this was announced back in 2010, um, Sepp Blatter, they were, they were saying potentially for a country that has no real soccer heritage, um, how did it, on earth did it get this World Cup? Um, and they're saying they're calling this a desert World Cup blighted by the by dust storms of controversy. Saying that in the last twenty years, China has held two Olympic Games, Russia has held a win- Winter Olympic Games, and a football World Cup, and they both both don't have the best human rights records. Um, but does that make it correct for Qatar to get it? I don't know. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how the Australians go speaking about the sport and they're in a very, very tough pool. Meanwhile, Cristiano Ronaldo has slammed Manchester United bosses. He, he feels betrayed, he really does. And look, this guy, let's put it in perspective, he's the number one sporting influencer in the world. Yeah, it's just, it's really, it's extraordinary how it's got to this point where clearly the coach, Eric Ten Hag, is, um, doesn't like him um, and... Ronaldo's now come out and said, I have no respect for him because he has no respect for me. Um, so they're going back and forth. And he's clearly saying that they've tried pretty much that the coach and three senior executives have really tried to just force him out of the club. Um, and it does appear that way. Um, look, he'll go away now and play in the World Cup and come back, hopefully refresh. But yeah, man, you, it's not great PR for them. It's not great PR for Cristiano Ronaldo as well, who has to be considered as one of the greatest players of all time. Well, absolutely, getting very untidy, isn't it? Now, yeah. Greg Norman, people may question Greg Norman in facets of his life, but two things, a phenomenal golfer, a phenomenal businessman, and a big announcement yesterday with the Live Tour going to South Australia, and it's going to the Grange Golf Club where you've got the West and the East Course, the East Course there designed by Greg Norman, and it was where he won his first professional tournament, so there's some real history in this, and uh, yeah, a great boost for Australian golf, no matter how you look at it. And it's on the back of not only Greg Norman, but uh, the great feats of Cameron Smith. Yeah, but pretty much. And, he, and Norman said he could have done it without Cameron Smith. But uh, yeah, look, I totally agree. This tournament will be held 21 to 23 April 2023. $38 million prize money, Tim. $6 million to the winner. It's mm. huge, huge money. And for Adelaide to get this over Sydney and Brisbane, it's a great effort from them as well. Yeah, and I do think there's that synergy. Norman's a bit like that because yeah, he, he that 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 was the tournament that he won, and then he just yep. took off, started dominating Australian golf, and then went overseas. How he didn't win more than just the two majors, those two British Opens, I've got no idea. I was watching a doco the other day, and it just sort of documented all these close calls. Uh, Larry Myers, Bob Tway, yeah. Fuzzy Zeller, the extraordinary, and of course the big one, um, the Masters uh, with Nick Faldo. The, you know, the capitulation. I remember hosting one, even when he was well <laughs> into his 40s, but maybe even 50, and he was right in the hunt and then fell away. Anyway, Greg Norman and the Live Tour goes from strength to strength. Uh, unlike Daniel Ricciardo's uh, Formula One sure. career, that's, that, that is really in the doldrums. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got to be almost rock bottom now. He's In the Brazilian Grand Prix, he was um, 
uh, seated 11th on the grid, um, and he came into a, a corner just too hot and slammed his car into Kevin Magnuson um, with the race caller straight away calling it 100% Dan Ricardo's fault. So not only now is he not performing well, he's he's actually driving dangerously, um, and it's starting to get a lot of talk from the other drivers because one thing you can't be driving recklessly around the course at that sort of pace and uh yeah because someone could actually die so yeah he's, he's really on the pump now on a lighter note shane there were some close shaves at the brazilian grand prix <laughs> stay with us we're talking <laughs> aflw rugby league and plenty more The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this spring is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Now, Dustin Martin, uh, no punishment. For, I'm glad he had no punishment for this on Mad Monday. Did he do anything wrong? Well, not according to um, the club. It wasn't a sanctioned um, club event uh, and not according to the girl in question. Um, there was video of him, I know, fondling a girl, um, but it looked like it was in a stripped club. I don't know. Is that, is that against the law? I don't know. Um, but there's no complaints from anyone here, so it's just been moved on. This is back in 2015, mind you. Um, there's been a lot of water on the bridge since then, but there's no complaints from the girl involved or the club, so time to move on. Can I just say, how many sportsmen, how many people would be suspended, fined or docked if they yes. were documented um, just sort of sitting there enjoying environments which some people might find unsavoury? Yeah, well, it happens all the time, every day for everyday life. So, um, yeah, but I think that when you have a bigger role to play mm. uh, and, and um, a lot of young kids look up to you, um, you do have other um, aspects that you need to consider. Yeah, you do, yep. absolutely. Yep. That was that was, that was was one of the most sensible comments you've ever I know, made, I know. Yeah. I'm, skirting yeah. around, I'm skirting around the answer here, Tim. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, you've changed. Um, now, <laughs> rugby league, rugby league. Um, Junior Paulo, look, it looked bad because it got him above the horizontal, this tackle, but they both, him and the other defender in that tackle, allowed the, the player to come to ground. So he's been let off. This is the tackle in that World Cup semi-final where Samoa beat England and uh, he's right to play against Australia and I think common sense prevailed here. I 100% agree. And and Tom Burgess, the the guy who was tackled, said there was nothing in it. So he's come out to support um, Junior Paulo and he said that that tackle didn't deserve missing a World Cup final. So good on Tom Burgess for doing the right thing there. Um, And I think think common sense did prevail. It looks like uh, Tim Sheens, who's now heading up the West Tigers coaching staff, Basically, what's happening here is Benji Marshall's coming in for a couple of years of apprenticeship, and then he mm-hmm. will take over in two years' time. Robbie Farrer is also part of it. So it's a bit of a, uh, a throwback to 2005 when those two guys engineered one of the great premiership victories, uh, Benji and Robbie. I was sideline eye in that game. What a remarkable year that was for the West Tigers, and they'll be happy if they can replicate that. But they've... Uh, They've had some interesting signings. They've got some good players, Appy Coruscant coming across and a few others, and it looks like they're doing the swap. I don't think Tim Sheen's a massive fan of Jackson Hastings, and Hastings looks like he might be heading to Newcastle, and the former Australian schoolboys captain David Clemmer 
uh, coming to the Tigers. Well, well, I think it's a fantastic swap for the Tigers. Um, I don't think it's a great swap for the Knights, but um, I, I totally agree that um, Hastings is not considered at all um, in favour um, at the Tigers. Clemmer, at, towards the end of his career, I think he still has a bit to offer, so it's a really, really good, really good swap if it happens for the Tigers. Yeah, he's played at every level, uh, and yep. at his best, he's very good, David Clemmer. So, yep. uh, and look, and Hastings had uh, some great games last year, so it'll be interesting. Hopefully, for the two clubs, it'll be a win-win. What about Josh Giddy speaking about win-wins, oh. the triple doubles against the Knicks? How good is he, and how good is he going to look in the Boomers? Oh, mate, this kid is unbelievable. He's got another triple double. So that was twenty-four points, ten rebounds, twelve assists. Mm. Now that's at Madden, Madison Square Gardens. He goes up in history alongside. Wilt Chamberlain wow. for the only two players ever in their first two games at Madison Square Gardens in New York to get two triple doubles. It's an amazing feat from this young kid who still looks like he hasn't reached puberty yet and he's just um, he sort of um, limbers around the court and um, in, in a real uncanny way but just gets the job done every week. And anyone that knows anything about basketball knows Chamberlain is, yeah. is part of royalty when it comes to uh, the elite level of basketball. Just an extraordinary player. Yeah, 100%. He's an absolute gun. And um, just for, for people to mention Josh Giddy's name in his breath is, uh, is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a little bit of NFL. The Aussies continue to uh, shine, don't they? Continue to pop their heads up. Michael Dixon, he's won the US over in a perfect punt duel. It's a really good lesson in life, I reckon, for a lot of kids. Um, uh, Michael Dixon missed out being drafted. His, his goal was to play in the AFL. He missed out on being drafted there by the Swans. And then so he went over and to try his luck over in the US. He's now made about $18 million. He's on a $14 million a year deal. Um, um, but on, on the weekend, um, he kicked five times. His longest kick was 68 metres mm. with an average of 50.6 metres. He is on fire and just goes from strength to strength. But uh, just goes to show, sometimes bad news can uh, end up good news in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Matthew Mott. Oh, look, I remember covering his career as a as a Shield player and he played the, the one-day format. I, he started in Queensland, ended up in Victoria and... I went down to a golf course, I think it was Victoria Golf Club, and he was a greenkeeper and a really affable, nice fella. And uh, we've watched him just grow and grow and grow. And then on the weekend, he coached England to the T20 World Cup uh, in grand fashion. Matthew Mott, Shana. Yeah, look, I just think this is a really, really good story. He, um, I first met Moddy when he was uh, coming through the junior ranks, uh, 17s and 19s, but he was playing with the likes of Jimmy Marr and, and Martin Love and Andrew Simons and these sort of guys who were super mm. talented. Uh, Moddy didn't quite, and he would admit it, he didn't quite have their batting ability, um, but what he did have was a... Um, just a thirst to keep playing. He had to move to Victoria and he sort of made a bit of a career of it down there, but he always really focused on life after sport um, and then had to make his way into coaching when women's cricket really started and did so well there and, and won a World Cup only this year, but then finishes the year with two World Cups under his belt. I just think, Matthew, might congratulations on a on a fantastic career. He never gave up and um, he's now at the top and he will be one of the most um, sought-after coaches in world cricket after this World Cup win. Be nice to have him coaching Australia. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back on board tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. 
Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.